2: Hunter Biden is in serious trouble, at least in Arkansas. Hunter Biden is having to go and did go before a court in Arkansas, and this was a disaster. Now, he was not there for what he's done directly with the Biden crime family. He was not there because of the deals he made with Russian oligarchs connected to Vladimir Putin. He was not in court for the deals he did with the Chinese Communist Party. Why was Hunter Biden in court requesting to pay less per month for a child that he fathered, that he denied he fathered this child? Let's always be very clear about that. A grandchild of the president, and the first lady that they don't even count when talking about their grandkids in public, a grandchild they have never met and refuse to admit is even real a child that the Biden family doesn't even want to have their last name and has fought hard to make sure this child does not receive the Biden last name. He was in court trying to lower the amount of money in child support he had to pay. That's right. How much money he had to pay to this woman to take care of his child. We also know a lot more about how much money Hunter Biden has been making in the past. We've been told that Hunter Biden, for a child he says wasn't his and still refuses to admit in public is his, pays 20000 a month to Navy Joan Roberts' mothers, the attorney said during the court hearing. Hunter Biden, son of the president, appeared in person in an Arkansas courtroom for this hearing in the child support case of his unclaimed four-year-old daughter born out of wedlock. Ludden Roberts is the mother of four-year-old Navy Joan Roberts. They had reached an agreement with Hunter Biden back in 2020 for the child's paternity and child support payments. This after he was a deadbeat father and refused to take care of one of his own. A child that the Biden family has refused to admit even exists. Think about how scumbaggy that is. The case was reopened when Biden requested adjustments to the child support payments in December. Roberts lawyers filed a motion to have the girl's last name changed to Biden. Well, during Monday's hearing, Biden's new attorney, Lau, said the president's son, Hunter Biden, is paying $20,000 a month to the plaintiff. Now, that sounds like a lot of money. Well, if you're paying 20 grand a month, imagine how much money Hunter Biden is having to admit that he does make. And we know they love to hide money. So imagine what he's really making. Now, the Independence County Circuit judge set deadlines for attorneys to submit discovery and begin depositions. This is what the Biden crime family is terrified of. And this is exactly why the Biden family had them go to Delaware to meet with prosecutors last week. They need Hunter Biden to be indicted. They have four things they're willing to admit that he has done and can be found guilty of and go to jail. Because that will stop all of this. And there's a good chance it will save Joe Biden from real criminal issues. Quote, I expect this case to move forward, the judge said, so get it done. In court, Biden appeared to blankly stare ahead and had no interaction with Roberts. Roberts' family sat behind her, along with Garrett Ziegler, whom Biden's other attorney, Brent Langdon, described during a hearing last week as a potential expert witness in the case involving the contents of of biden's laptop which reportedly includes some income tax records the judge said the ability to redact information is being abused by the biden team quote unquote let's read that again the judge said that the 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 ability to redact information is being abused by the biden team again There is information they don't want the public to see because what comes out of this court hearing and what comes out of court in Arkansas could have massive ramifications for the investigation against Hunter Biden and the president in Congress. That's why they need all this to go away. I am sure right now the Bidens wish what they would have done is just not try to pay less money. I think they didn't realize, and remember, when you're psychotic narcissist like the Biden crime family you can get away with anything, you probably think you can get away with all of this in Arkansas, too. So far, they've been way wrong on that issue. Now, Landon cited last week's Daily Mail article. On the case, claiming it included redacted information in violation of a protective order and exposing income tax records. Meyer disagreed and said that that the press, what the press comes up with is out of her control, remarking, I can't gag the whole world. The judge said, in other words, this judge is saying you might be able to get away with this crap up in Washington. You might be able to do business with corrupt leaders around the world and you might be able to silence people around the world. But you're not going to be able to do it here in my courtroom in Arkansas. So you better get ready for reality, which is I don't play by the same rules. That is what this 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 judge is in essence saying to the Biden crime family. Now, the Biden team has got to be sweating right now because Lancaster is hammering them with requests on information of the value of Biden's art, his salary slash employment for the past five years. Estates slash funds from foreign persons slash domestic persons, family members, flight, hotel payments. The reason for a promissory note from top Hollywood lawyer Kevin Morris and documents on business done with a Chinese firm. In response, Landon said his team had already turned over more than 490 documents. Biden's attorney also requested Roberts tax returns. And her information on fringe benefits from her employer father, bank statements, and Ziegler's witness statements. How fast is this moving? The deadline for discovery was set for May twelfth at five o'clock. Look at your calendar, folks. This is going to move fast, and this is why the Biden family is desperate for their son to be indicted. Because whatever comes out of this, if they if they if he's not indicted by then, will be very hard for the people to not look like, look at in Delaware. We also know that depositions are going to be happening very quickly. For example, Ziegler's deposition is to take place on May the 22nd at Lancaster's office in Little Rock. A status conference hearing, they say, will be held on May the 23rd to address discovery requests, any contempt filings, and a potential request to push back the trial date. This is how vulnerable the Bidens finally are. They say then depositions for both parties and witnesses will take place June the 13th through the 16th at Lancaster's office as well. As of now, this trial that could expose all of the Biden crime family's finances has a start date set for July the 24th. This is why the Bidens need a deal before then, because there's a lot that could come out in court, a lot of damning information that could come out starting on July the 24th that could put the Biden crime family into serious trouble. Now, when you talk about depositions, all of the people that work for Hunter Biden could easily be called in, that have worked with him, or deals with him. They could be called in to talk about his income and how much cash he's making from different places. All the financial records that have been seen by the public because of his emails could then come in and there are questions that could be asked even of the first lady and the president. What we also know, is last week, this judge ruled that Biden and Roberts must be present for every future hearing in the case, implying, I'm not putting up with your guys' gamemanship and crap anymore. Biden's attorneys, by the way, they're not happy with something else. The fact that this lady wants their child to have the Biden last name. Quote, the Biden name is now synopsis with being well-educated, successful, financially acute and politically powerful. Robert's attorney wrote in a December name change motion in a rebuttal. The Biden's attorneys demanded strict proof thereof that such request is in the best interests of the child in a January 2020 order. Meyer declared with near scientific certainty that Biden is the father of the girl referred to in court documents as Baby Doe, following a DNA test. This is how sick the Biden family is. They refuse to admit a child that is theirs is actually theirs. By the way, if you think I'm being mean to the Biden crime family for saying this, or you think, well, Ben, you shouldn't say that about the president and the first lady. This could just be Hunter. President Biden, as president, has refused to acknowledge the grand daughter was even born has renewed has refused to acknowledge the existence of this granddaughter last christmas season for example the first lady joe biden hung stockings for six of their grandchildren at the white house specifically excluding navy those that were recognized were naomi finnegan Maisie, natalie robert hunter biden the second and beau they said no 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 This out of wedlock kid down there in Arkansas with a stripper. No, not only can she not have a stocking, she can't have our last name either. And we refuse to acknowledge that she exists. If they will treat their own family this way, think how little they care about you. Now, before I get into more of this story, I want to say thank you and tell you about our good friends at Patriot Mobile. They are now offering a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Yeah, Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer nationwide coverage on the best G4 and G5 networks, the same network and towers you're using right now. The difference is not only do you get the same great Quality that you're used to, but they actually are a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. So this year, resolve to stop spending your money with companies that don't align with your values. In fact, actually fight against what you believe in. Switch to Patriot Mobile. You'll be supporting First and Second Amendment groups, the rights of unborn children, and even helping with adoptions. It is easy to switch. Call them right now. Or go online to PatriotMobile.com slash Ferguson. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Ferguson. Or call them 878-PATRIOT. You're going to get free activation with the offer code FERGUSON. That's 878-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash Ferguson. There's something else that's also happening in Washington that deals with this Hunter Biden issue. And this has nothing to do with what's happening. I'm talking specifically in the case in Arkansas. But the more that they can find out in depositions in Arkansas could then be used in Washington. John Ratcliffe, who's the former director of national intelligence, has come out whistleblowing on Anthony Blinken, lying to Congress to get his job, lying about putting together all of those intel officials who then lied to the American people. And the media helped sell that lie to you to change and alter the outcome of the election show Joe Biden would win by saying the laptop, Hunter Biden's laptop's not real. It's the Russians, right? The Russian, Russian, Russia disinformation campaign. Listen to what John Ratcliffe had to say on Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiromo.
3: Anthony Blinken and Mike Morrell and the 50 former intelligence officials who didn't have access to intelligence, but had put this letter together. As you pointed out, Maria, It was 14 hours after uh, I made those statements on national TV uh, that they published this letter. So they knew that the letter that they were going to put out was false at that point. It was confirmed by the IC and by the Department of Justice. But they decided to do it anyway. This was two weeks before a presidential election. They knew that the letter that they were putting out. Was essentially a hoax, a fraud on the American people, intended to mislead them, and in the process to frame a foreign government for something that 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 was not taking place. Um, you know that is, you know that is a fraud on the American people. It's election interference, um, and you know this was a the group of, same group of people like Mike Morrell, who tried to do it in 2016 uh, with the Steele dossier where they weren't successful, came back in 2020 and again, uh, knowing full well, deliberately went ahead to mislead the American people and essentially said, look, we only need to keep this alive for two weeks. After that, we can admit that the Hunter Biden laptop, the Biden family laptop is real.
2: We just need two weeks. He's right, by the way. They needed to give Joe Biden the cover that he needed to go into that last and final debate. To go in there and to say, this is a hoax. This never happened. This is something that has, has, has never, ever, ever happened. By the way, there's one person that did stand up that we're learning about now who's saying, I wouldn't sign off on this letter. Dan Hoffman explained to Fox News Channel why he didn't sign the Hunter Biden laptop letter by saying this on Fox News. There was no evidence. I wasn't going to sign a letter that lied to the American people. Listen to what he had to say on Fox about saying no to Anthony Blinken, no to Joe Biden, no to Hillary Clinton, no to the entire Biden crime family and the Democratic National Committee.
4: Now that the story, now that story that we promised at the top of the hour and that infamous letter that was signed by 51 former intelligence officials days before the 2020 election, casting doubt on the New York Post report on Hunter Biden's laptop, former CIA chief of station uh, Dan Hoffman was asked to add his signature, explaining for the first time in an op-ed in The Washington Times why he said no. Dan Hoffman is a Fox News contributor and he joins us now. Dan, this is my most interesting story of the day. I read this op-ed and I thought, why didn't you tell us like a long time ago here? (laughs) So uh, this letter went out, we famously know, and here's what the, the basic finding was, that the Hunter Biden laptop story has quote, all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. You had this letter circulated to you, they asked for your signature, you said no, why?
5: Right, I remember I got the letter October 18, 2020, and at first glance it seemed natural to lay the blame at the Kremlin's doorstep. Remember Vladimir Putin is in the Kremlin, and he's well known for cloak and dagger espionage operations. But, at the same time, uh, there was no evidence, and the letter noted there was no evidence. And I just felt like we needed to do the forensics. It was a very convoluted story, folks will recall, that there was a laptop found at a store in Delaware uh... and i remembered at cia when we didn't have all the answers we would task our sources to get more information so we could be more definitive and i felt like in this case the fbi could do those forensics and uh... it was not up to us to speculate so i didn't sign the letter i typically don't put my name to other people's words my wife was in her uh, late in her third year of fighting cancer, and I didn't have the time to go back to Michael Morell and ask him what the point was about the letter. So I just left it and uh, didn't sign the letter and didn't respond.
4: And, and, and we are still to this day so sorry for the loss of your dear wife. Um, you said a second ago that this didn't invite further inquiry, which is what you're right about in the Washington Times op- op-ed. You say, but the email I received. Mr. Morrell did not invite any further discussion or debate. The letter was a fait accompli. It was being passed around for signatures, not edits. I've never been one to put my name to words someone else wrote on my behalf. So this thing was cooked and he was just looking for signatures. And you you could have been number 52, but you said in the break that there were a lot more as well, people who didn't sign on to it.
5: Right. There were many others who who didn't sign it. Look, when I was at CIA, we would sit in Michael Morrell's office uh, when we had a particularly difficult, challenging intelligence issue. And we would hash out all the evidence that we had, the intelligence we had. And then Michael would draw analytical conclusions with some level of confidence, low, medium or high, and bring it to the White House we didn't have that debate about this laptop issue we weren't invited to debate it and i also felt like i was somebody who was a russia hand i spent many many years focused on russia and uh... i was a little surprised that i and others who had that same experience were not involved in even Discussing whether such a letter was was worth writing.
4: Now, during the debate, the one debate of the 2020 election campaign, uh, now President Biden, then candidate Biden said, as we showed at the top of this, 50 intelligence officers signed on to this letter saying it was a classic Russian disinformation campaign. You write in your op ed the American public should be careful to distinguish between retired and actively serving U.S. intelligence officers. Explain.
5: Well, the part that I didn't know, and I'm assuming that, that my former colleagues who signed the letter probably didn't know either, was that Michael Morell had discussed the laptop issue with then campaign advisor Tony Blinken. So Michael was aware of the campaign's interest. And there's a straight line from that to the letter to the debate and the comment from, from then candidate uh, Biden about the about the laptop. And so the point that I made in the op-ed is, look, if you're serving actively at the CIA, Uh, We vote but look we serve under presidents for whom we voted and those for whom we didn't when I served in Iraq uh, Look there half of us probably voted for President Bush and the other half didn't it doesn't matter Uh, We're focused on our sacred mission of recruiting spies and stealing secrets and delivering the best analytical uh, Conclusions we can to the president and that's what we do but retired Intelligence officers who wish to engage politically can do so as long as they don't uh, Reveal classified intelligence. They're free to speak their mind uh, and that's that's their choice. Um, and it carries with it all of the implications uh, for them because they're going to have to defend their their public statements. And, and that's what we're seeing right now.
2: Well, I'll tell you, your op ed is eye opening. There's no question about that. Everybody who's interested in this should read it. One- Everybody should read it, by the way, because what Dan Hoffman is saying here is very clear. They cooked this story and they knew they were cooking this story. They decided that it was important to cook this story. This ex-CIA Moscow chief refused to sign the Hunter Biden letter saying there was no evidence at all that Vladimir Putin was involved. Think about that. This is a guy that is the the, the ex-station chief in Russia, in Moscow. He's the former Moscow station chief for the CIA saying, yeah, I was given the chance to sign into a letter attacking the post bombshell report on Hunter's infamous laptop and possibly Russian disinformation. It's a guy that would know about it, right? This is a guy that's over at the CIA in Moscow. And he said, no, I'm not doing it. He was present and pressured with signing that letter signed by 50 other 51 top U.S. intelligence officials. He said, but I didn't sign it because there was, quote, no evidence of Russian disinformation, Russian involvement. At a first glance, it seemed natural to lay the blame at the Kremlin doorstep, Hopman said during that interview. Remember, Vladimir Putin is in the Kremlin and he's well known for cloak and dagger espionage operations. But at the same time, there was no evidence and the letter noted there was no evidence They just wanted to win the election. They wanted to lie to you to win an election to overthrow the will of the people, plain and simple.
6: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app,
1: Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Reality Podcast.
7: Rappaport's Reality, the reality a little of bit. us. We're a figuring little bit. out.
1: And <laughs> if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. It, would have been, Ooh, it would have been the been podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: More than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time
2: Let's talk about a great opportunity for your IRA and 401ks. You can get free gold just by learning about gold IRAs from Augusta Precious Metals. It's important that you know what's going on in this crazy economy. And your hard-earned savings need protecting from the devalued dollar. Protecting from the devalued dollar, especially if you're close to retirement. Augusta Precious Metals will give you information on how to protect your savings and open a gold IRA. So if you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, call and ask about their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. I trust Augusta Precious Metals, and you can too. They will make sure that you understand what is best for you and your portfolio. There's a reason. Money Magazine says they are the best gold IRA company. Get free gold, free information, and retirement protection now by calling 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. the number four, gold IRA or AugustaPreciousMetals.com. I want to move to another story real quick that the media was obsessed with when it first broke because it dealt with an individual that killed people with an AR-15. Now, they don't want to touch this story because, one, it's a Mexican national who not only apparently killed five in Texas, but the second problem is he had a criminal past and has been deported out of this country multiple times. How many times have we caught him and deported him? Four different times. But with an open border, this Texas shooting fugitive, Francisco Oriposa, who killed allegedly killed five neighbors, has been deported four different times. And they're like, oh wait, this doesn't fit the narrative? Never mind. Now, what did the media sound like when this story first broke over the weekend? Here is what they were saying on CNN.
4: A desperate manhunt is underway in Texas. A gunman killing five people, including an eight year old and police are racing to a house in Cleveland, Texas overnight on reports of an active shooter. At least three others were wounded in the brutal attack. And now the search is on for the suspect who took off before police arrived. On the scene cnn's ryan young is following this breaking story for us. so tell us uh, what we know thus far this is taking place in a house does this mean that everyone knew each other meaning the suspect
7: and the victims well it appears they were neighbors and in fact they were uh, talking to him across the street he had a gun and apparently he's been firing in that yard according to the sheriff many times mm. they asked him to stop shooting because it was disturbing the baby inside the home at some point apparently he became angry and then actually went inside the home and started shooting he shot five people, according to the sheriff's department, including an eight-year-old. And one of the details about this that stands out that's quite scary is the fact that two of the women who were killed seemed like they were covering younger children. Three other children survived this. But when you think about this desperate search right now, the sheriff's department does tell us they do have an ID from the man who's involved in the shooting. They talked to his wife. They believe he's about 12 miles away from the shooting scene in a wooded area. They're chasing him down. But take a listen to the sheriff.
0: When they got here, they found four people deceased in, inside of the residence. Uh, and there was um, an eight-year-old that uh, had been shot. Everybody that was shot was shot from the neck up, almost execution style. We know him by name, uh, Data Bird. We've got his Mexican consulate card. Plus there was a ring doorbell on the uh, victim's house that we actually captured him uh, coming up to the front door with with, uh, the weapon.
7: Yeah, clearly this is troubling, but you hear that. The ring doorbell that they Mm -hmm. had there, then shot almost execution style. The kids who were also in that home who survived were covered in blood. There were 10 Mm -hmm. people in that home. And then you think about the five other shot execution style, including that five-year-old. Obviously a desperate search. Hopefully we'll get more details as today goes along because the active man search is going on right now.
4: Terribly sad, uh, but probably not on the run run for very long. given. Hopefully not given the image, images and the ID that they already have. Yes. All right, thanks so much, Ryan Young. Appreciate that.
2: Why did CNN love this story early on? Because it was an AR-15. You notice then they didn't know that this person had been deported from this country multiple times. They didn't know that four different times we had him, and this is a 38-year-old, right, He has been apprehended and deported by U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, he was first deported back in March of 2009. He was then deported again in September of 09, same year, and another time in January 2012 after he was convicted in Montgomery County for driving while intoxicated. Could have killed somebody then. He was then deported again back in July of 2016. It remains unclear what his current immigration status is or when he came back into the country. So now what's happened? Well, there's now more than 250 law enforcement officers on the hunt for this man. Obviously, he's considered armed and dangerous after he fled the bloodbath inside that Cleveland home about 50 miles north of Houston. Survivor and grieving father, Wilson Garcia, said he and his wife confronted him on Friday night after he was allegedly shooting his gun while drunk in his front yard. When the gunman refused, Garcia said he called the police five times, but it was the shooter who arrived at his home armed with an AR-style rifle. And that's when he decided to do what he wanted to do. told my wife, get inside. This man has loaded his weapon. My wife told me to go inside because he won't fire at me. I'm a woman. The gambit, however, failed. Sonia Guzman, 25, was the first person to be slain in the rampage. Garcia said that after his wife fell to the ground, it was his son, Daniel, 9, who rushed to try and help her. He died because he wanted to defend his mother. Along with a mother and son, police identified the other victims as a 21-year-old, a 31-year-old, and an 18-year-old. This is what happens when you allow legal immigrants into this country, and when you deport them and you have an open border and a porous border, this is what happens. San Jacinto County Sheriff noted that this man clearly had been dealt with before, with law enforcement. But if you can break into a country, are you really worried about law enforcement? You're probably not worried at all. He also noted how brave these two individuals were that used their bodies to protect three children who were found uninjured but covered in blood inside the home. He added that all five victims were shot from the neck up execution style. During the massacre, Garcia said one of the women demanded he jump out a window to escape the carnage. Garcia said the victim told him he needed to survive because my children were without without a mother and one of their parents had to stay alive to take care of them. The heartbroken husband said that even though the gunman tried shooting him with bullets flying everywhere, he was somehow able to avoid getting hit. Garcia has now launched a GoFundMe page to help bring his wife and son's bodies back to their native Honduras. Authorities have yet to comment on the immigration status of the victims, but at least one. Alvarado was confirmed to be a permanent U.S. resident. When you have lawlessness at a border, you get lawlessness in a country. When you have lawlessness at a border and you have an open border, then even when you catch people committing crimes and deport them, they just come back. When you've caught a guy four times over, can we just say that again? Four times over. This guy was caught. He could have killed somebody and was caught drunk driving. But if you're not from this country, do you really care? Right? If you get caught drunk driving in America and you're not an American citizen, do you really care? The answer is no, you probably don't. If you get caught in this country and you get deported, do you care? The answer is no, you probably don't. And the reason why? The reason why is pretty simple. You know that you can just come back in. We give more rights to illegal immigrants in this country than we do to American citizens. We give more protections to illegal immigrants in this country than we give to American citizens. We give illegal immigrants more chances to screw up and come back than we do to American citizens who we will put in jail why is that because the democratic party is doing everything they can to flood this country with illegal immigrants and they will never stop until they get as many in here as they can and then they're going to give them amnesty never forget by the way what donald trump said they send really bad people here they send their worst they send their the rapists murderers and people like that right and then people said oh he's disparaging hispanics no he wasn't he was disparaging criminals This is also, by the way, if you want to go back in history and just look at history, this is no different than what Fidel Castro did. And I think it was, what, 1979, 1980, somewhere in that time frame where he decided to take his worst people and send them to America. He's like, we don't want them here, right? We empty out the prisons. We don't want you go to America, be their problem. I don't want to have to take care of you in prison. I don't want to have to deal with you when you get out. And he said, see ya. So the idea that, that, that everybody coming across the border is someone that deserves a hug is a lie. This guy just took the lives of countless people and now is costing us millions and dollars, millions of dollars in this manhunt. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. And the media all of a sudden doesn't want to report on the story because early on, okay, early on, They were obsessed with the story because they said he used an AR-15. But after they found out the details of who he was, they moved on very quickly. And that is what you call propaganda. Make sure you share our podcast. We'll keep you up to date on all the big breaking news, including the Hunter Biden crime family story. It is moving quickly now. So hit that subscribe or auto download button. Please write us a five-star review, and I'll see you back here tomorrow.